Welcome, welcome once again to 720 and 720. We are thrilled to have a guest. We're going away from basketball, my second favorite sport. Actually, my some sometimes my first, college football. And we've got the brightest, youngest, I, I don't even know if he's out of his teens yet, uh, brightest, youngest college football coach in the country. He is hot. We have Will Healy, the brand new head football coach at Charlotte. Will Healy, welcome to 720 and 720. You have lost all credibility with your opening statement. Absolutely am... not. When I said hot, I'm not talking about like, I mean, you're an attractive Looks. guy. So, I mean, I figured that that was what I was talking about. Well, there's, there's not a, a whole lot attractive about a 13-21 and 21 career record as a head coach, but I am honored to be on with you today. Well, let me just tell you something about that 13-21. and 21. That's what I wanted. That's what I want. Listen, this podcast is for young coaches and for older coaches to get life figured out and try to learn. I learned so much, and you're a young puppy. I, I mean, I remember you were as a kid. I remember you as an assistant just coming to Chattanooga, hanging out down in my office. I mean, you're like a little kid, and, and now you're just a, a little older than a little kid, and you're making the move from Austin P, uh, where you single-handedly took over a program that was in trouble, struggling, and what I want to ask you about. Now, your first year at Austin P, tell everybody your record. 0-11. and 0-11. I'm a... It's nothing changes football. You still do your W's first and your L's second, right? Yeah, yeah, not not a great start. Uh, I said I've run a long way in the wrong direction, and uh, I've been trying to run the opposite direction ever since. But I, I just can't catch up to five hundred. I can't get back to the to the starting point. Well, I think you will here soon. Let me. Okay, so you take over Austin P. You go zero and eleven. What I want to talk to you about, and I think what a lot of coaches need to learn and want to learn, and we're just trying to figure it out. You're zero. Yeah. You're zero and eleven, Will. And and you're the most positive guy that I've ever met at 0 and 11. You you know you're going to win the next year. You think you're going to win. You've convinced your fan base. You've convinced your administration. You convinced your players. How on earth? That's the question of the day. How on earth and why did you think you were going to win at Austin P after you went 0 and 11? You don't have any tradition there. You are probably 32 years old at the time. What on earth was in your brain, and how did you do it? Well, I think the great part about taking the Austin P job was the expectations were so low that we even added fans going 0-11 because we scored points or because we played hard or because – they, they, you know, the coaches went to the radio show more than the last. I mean, there were the, the expectations were so low, which was number one, why I got the job. It was such a bad job. Nobody else in the country would have ever hired a 30 year old who'd never called a play. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know left from right. It's not like I was a great assistant coach or a hot assistant coach. I got the right break at the right time at the worst program in the country. And, um, you know, so I, I think there's definitely, especially as young as I was, there's definitely the, I would say, ignorance of, man, we're going to go in there. I remember telling our AD, we're going to go win two or three games year one just based on some energy. Like, our kids are going to practice really hard, and we're going to win a game or two that we shouldn't just because our guys play and practice with energy. And 
little did I know it's a lot harder to win games in Division One football than just to have some energy. So, uh, you, you know, when 0-11, I, a fan base was off the charts supportive. I mean, I've never gotten more pats in the back of my life for losing a football game, but it was like, hey, y'all scored 24 points this week. Great week, you know, great game. And so I thought, I, I thought it was amazing that, the fan base was that excited and that was that positive. But I also didn't want our guys to be complacent with losing. You know, it's not just okay to get a pat on the back. Like, we actually got to win a game here every once in a while. So, um, I fought that. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I'd say the hardest thing for me was you could feel a culture changing. You could, you, you knew you hired the right staff. You knew from a talent perspective we were a long way off, but you knew at some point in time we were going to win some games. I think the, the part I struggled with the most was the quality of life for the kids and the coaches, some coaches that I'd stolen from some really good programs, uh, and some kids that believed in me. And then you go 0-11. Um, that was at home. You know, my wife's the one who deserves the award because she had to deal with me, you know. But at, at work, I mean, the guys that were on staff with me never thought I batted an eye or – I lost faith, and there were definitely times when I struggled with that. Well, I know, but you, you may have struggled. We all struggle with it. But but I've watched and followed you and watched and talked to you, and, and you never faltered. I You know, I mean, you never doubted what you were doing. And, and how do you not doubt yourself going 0-11? Now you're 31 years old. You're 0-11. Um, good God, maybe I've stepped in this little thing a little too much oh my gosh can we can we win did you ever doubt yourself at all yeah absolutely i mean I, you know what one of the best experiences for me i was an assistant at chattanooga and i remember going to watch uh, knox central and coach rosser uh his first year at knox central and they were playing fulton and he got blown out of the water i mean i'm talking like 60 to nothing blown out of the water and our I remember standing on the sidelines, and I didn't know Coach Rosser that well, but I remember watching him on the sidelines during that game and thinking to myself, man, this guy is coaching his rear end off down 50 points, and he's so positive. And these kids are still playing really hard for him. They're not even – they don't deserve to even put on – be on the same field from a talent perspective, but, like, this guy's doing it the right way. I mean – they're going to get better. This program will get better. And obviously he's won a couple state championships since then, but I learned a lot from that. I remember, I vividly remember that, um, as an assistant that made a big impression on me. Uh, I think the biggest thing is I had a lot of confidence in the guys that were around me. I knew Marcus West could coach. I knew Brandon Cooper could coach. I knew, you know, you start having guys leave places that have beaten the doors off of you to come to your place and you're starting to say, like, well, maybe I am doing something right. So these guys to leave places that are beating us to come here to come coach, maybe it is a little bit different. Um, you know, Travis Haney was a big influence on me. You know, the guy's a national writer, and he wants to come hanging out. He's going to the UT Martin Austin P game instead of going to the Tennessee Florida game. You know, <laughs> and so you start to say, well, maybe there's something different. Maybe it'll click. And, and then I always went back to, listen, I'm going to get fired at some point in time. And if I get fired because I did it the way that I felt like was right and I didn't have questions about how I handled kids and how I handled coaches, then maybe I'm not meant to be a head coach. But I gave it a really good run. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm afraid of getting fired. I think that's because I love football, 
but if you put me as the greeter at Walmart, I'm going to be the best tagum greeter in the country, and I'll be. I get to go home to my wife and kids. Well, your positivity. I, you know, we sat there outside the weight room at Macaulay one day, and you said, "I, I'm going to get. I'm getting Jo at at BA," and I was like, "I was like, you have been, you've been at uh, wherever in Chattanooga. You've been drinking all afternoon." Uh, you went over to a couple places in Rossville, Georgia, and got some other bad stuff. I was like, you have lost your mind. You're not getting the biggest winner and the biggest champion in the state of Tennessee to go to Austin P to play football. He could go to Belmont to play basketball. He's going to go to Georgia Tech or Navy to play football. You're not getting that guy at Austin P. You hadn't won a game. You, you, what is your problem? And and what did you do that later on that spring? You, you signed J.O. And, and and when you start signing guys like that, when you start selling, you able to sell and able to, to run your program how you're running and you hadn't won a game and people still want to be with you, Will Healy, you're doing something right, I'm assuming. Well, I think, you know, the and we're trying. There, there's some definitely there, – there's some carryovers at this place. Total different program, total different situation. You're not – the worst program in the country. Um, but you know, there's definitely some similarities in that you need a guy that makes this place cool. And that's exactly what Jeremiah did. You know, I mean, I could go to other recruits houses and say, here's the quarterback that is going, that is committed to us. That's signing to come play for us. He's got offers from this place, this place, this place, He's a two-time MVP of the state football championship. He's a two-time MVP of the state basketball tournament with a, you know, a guard that's the number one point guard in the country. Like this guy's a winner. He's going to change our program. Do you want to jump on board? I mean, I, I remember year one, we would have we would go get the break speed off of us at a conference opponent, and then you know, or we'd have a home game and we'd have you know 150 recruits on campus and. 35 of them would have offers from the other school. And, you know, the next day one of the kids would call and commit to us. And you're like, why is he calling to commit to us when he's got an offer from this other team that just had 700 yards of total offense and beat us 56 to 7? But we had kids on campus enough where they believed in us and they believed things would change. And the, the other thing about it is you got to get the kids with the right philosophy and, and mindset. Like, the, the the front runner kid ain't coming to Charlotte. He's not coming to Austin. You got a kid. You got to get a guy that believes they can win anywhere and believes that people will win because of them. Um, and that's Jeremiah. Well, your your positivity. People want like you know. I always used to talk about enth- enthusiasm is contagious, and I completely believe that enthusiasm is contagious. And if you don't have enthusiasm or you don't have passion, it, it doesn't. It, passion drives greatness. And so if you don't have passion and enthusiasm, you can't do anything. You can't get anything done. But people want to be around positive people. And, and I mean, you're 0 and 11, and, and it, was like, it was like you had the greatest year in Austin P football history. And you're 0 and 11, and you're still selling, and people are juiced up. Uh, there's something to you. And, and I, you know, I don't know. You, you know, you come from a football family. I, I was curious, and I was thinking about before we did this, uh, I came over and ate dinner uh, at your house one night. Amy and I, and I think the boys came over uh, to your house on the lake. And, and I remember your mom cooking, and then she left. 
Do you do you remember she left and went to bed? She she went to sleep, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, why did why? And it was like eight o'clock at night on a, in a summer, and she went to sleep. Why did she go to sleep early that night? She's so tired of having to deal with dad. She's like, I'm just going. <laughs> That's to sleep. not the reason she went yes, to sleep. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, she had to get up the next morning. She had to get up the next morning to go to work at like some crazy hour. Correct. She was doing hospice. Yeah. Okay, what time does she have to get up? She now, my mom, if she had to be at work at six, she was getting up at three to have like two cups of coffee, and she was gonna. She's always doing her Bible study in the morning, so she had an hour for that. I mean, she get she's a she's a lady who gets to the airport at like early enough to de-ice the plane before you go. I mean, that's just her. So okay, but I think she had six o'clock work, but she got up at like three. Okay, so she went to sleep at 8 o'clock. I was going, where, where are you going? She said, I'm going to sleep. I said, how? She said, I'm getting up at like 3 in the morning. That always <laughs> stuck with me, Will Healy. It always stuck with me, and I'm sitting there going, he is successful. It, it, how old are you, like 12 now? What are you, 34? <laughs> I remember meeting you in the uh, – we, we were downtown at uh, River Street Deli. I think it was the first time I got a chance to meet you. You were the <laughs> – you're the basketball coach at Chattanooga. Uh, y'all were winning all those conference championships. And I remember i just taken – I was just coming back from Richmond, and my brother and I – my dad was with us too, and my dad introduced me to you, and you're like, you look six years old. I, I still look 12, <laughs> um, and I fight that every day. I, I went and met with a booster the other day, uh, an older gentleman, and the first thing he asked me in front of my boss was – did somebody, you know, give you permission to skip classes today? Uh, <laughs> or who drove you my, over? Who drove yeah, you that's over? Right. That's exactly right. So. Well, I, I just when, when I when I think about your mom and and you, every, every single day you you you're with her and and I know your dad was a you know, your family's a big football family, but but your mom going to bed and being disciplined enough to go, go to bed and I've never seen her have a bad day and she was always positive. Something had to rub off on you because, uh, you know, that your influence, I would say your parents influence you so much that it's so much fun to watch you and conduct your business. I mean, I watch, I'm sitting there on the TV and I'm watching Austin P football and following Austin P football. And now I'm going to have to follow Charlotte football. And what you're going to do for that program is is take it to a whole other level that you did to Austin P. Did your mom have anything to do with kind of who you are and how you are today yeah i don't i don't think there's any doubt about it and they're a really good combination i mean first off you're talking about my mom and dad missed one college football game Hmm. the year i redshirted at umass okay They, they would drive from chattanooga to richmond Every Friday, they'd be there all weekend. Mom was the ringleader of all the parents. I mean, she wrote an email each week about where they were going to be tailgating and where everybody was staying and how the boys were doing and all this type of stuff. I mean, she was the glue to all the families. And um, the the crazy thing, it's not the fact that they came to all the games and they're so supportive. I was a bad player, and I didn't play much. And, I mean, I'm talking a red shirt here where I'm not playing a down and they miss one game. And that's yeah. the only time they miss a game. I, I'm talking – I never started a game of quarterback. I, you know, I was front line of special teams. They put me on kickoff return probably hoping I got home. Uh, but I, they were that supportive. And you would never know. And I appreciate this more in coaching now that I'm coaching. 
than I ever did before, you would never know when you dealt with them that their son wasn't the star quarterback. There was no complaining. If I called and I had an issue, I don't think coaches give me an option. My dad would squeeze it so fast and be like, son, I'm not hearing it. You're going to school. You're going to get a great great degree from an unbelievable university. You love it there. You know, I mean, it it was never a question. I, I was not coming home. And I appreciate that because I hear it so much in coaching now, even at the college level. Parents are involved. And, uh, yeah, but mom is always positive. I think she, you're right. She never has a bad day. I think um, she's so – her faith is so strong, you know, and, and that's her backbone. Like, she is a unbelievable example. Uh, Emily, my wife, says all the time, she's like, nobody can match your mom. Uh, and, and she's right. You know, mom is, is a special person. She's an extremely special person for having to deal with dad all day long. Uh, but she is, you know, she's raised three boys that, you know, idolize her and adore her and, and, and have all, uh, learned so much from her. Well, uh, you, you're uncondition. I mean, their unconditional love and it, they're going to go support you regardless is kind of what you've done with your program. I mean, just to be honest, it's Austin P, man. We're, I mean, we're going to win, and Will, you're not winning. Well, we're going to win. Will, you're you're zero and eleven. You're the worst team in in college football. You're zero and eleven. I mean, you you were zero and eleven in the previous staff in the previous record. How many how many straight games did y'all lose at Austin P? Twenty nine in a row. Uh, we'd lost forty six of the last forty seven. So, <laughs> the guy prior, who's a really good football coach, uh, won one game in four years, you know? So, I mean, again, for me, you take jobs where you can exceed expectations. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm taking the job after Dabo Sweeney right now, what are the chances that you can be successful at Clemson and do more than he did, which is, that's the, that's the baseline. Did you win more games than the last guy? So, you know, I always felt like if you won two games at Austin P, they'd build a statue. And that's why it was a great place to take a job and learn. And you had time and you're working for a good boss. And, um, you know, you, you knew the recruiting area well. You had, I had enough guys that said, you know what, I'll come with you. Um, and we had a special staff. You know, I mean, we, we really did. We I lost five of ten in one year, uh, a special of enough staff that other people knew they were special too and hired them. And I think that part of is – I, I tell you what, I learned a lot going on 11. I learned more going five and six after going eight and four. Um, yeah, it, it was a different. That was a different. So you went, you went zero and eleven, and then all of a sudden, uh, you have an, uh, an unbelievable year. The probably the biggest turnaround in college football. You went from zero and eleven to eight and four. But you're, now your losses were three big boys, correct? Yeah, we lost to Cincinnati, Miami, Ohio, and Central Florida. So your AD liked beat Cincinnati. Your yeah, AD I mean, liked you a lot because you brought in good money. Correct. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how much he liked me at uh, at 0 and 11, but he liked me more when we were eight and four. Uh, so, uh, we, we lost to those three guys in Jacksonville State and uh, and just missed the playoffs. Yeah, uh, you got. I thought you got screwed with the playoffs, but that's another podcast. But you go eight and four, eight and four, and then all of a sudden now, uh, expectations have changed. You're you're not you're not the the little darling anymore. You're, you're the powerhouse at OVC now, and now it's time to go. 11 and 0, 12 and 0 and go to the playoffs yep. and then you go 5 and 6. Yep. It's harder it's hard to me it's harder to maintain to, it's harder to maintain the the that level than to get to that level. That's what makes I, Saban so unbelievably incredible to I me. Totally agree. Not only that, but I, I tell you this, here's what's amazing. 
the two guys at the top of college football right now, okay, I mean, arguably, are Dabo and Nick Saban, right? Think about what they've done from a staff perspective. Yep. Dabo doesn't lose a soul. Right? He loses Chad Morris to a head job, right? I mean, but uh, Brent's had, I'm sure, every offer under the sun to go be a head coach won't yep. leave him as a D.C. I mean, everybody on that staff has had opportunities to leave because they're winning, and they don't ever leave them. They love them. Right, where it seems like Saban has a new coordinator every other day, mm-hmm. and they're both in the national championship game. Like I, I have a lot of respect for what Saban does and did because I lost half of my staff last year, and I know how hard it was on me. Like all the stuff that I used to just not have to explain and communicate, now I had to to teach. I had to go back to the fundamentals. What do you, what what's really your core values? What how do you really want practice to be run? How do you really want to handle recruiting? All of those type of things. You know, you go on a recruiting visit and, and you got all those – your best friends aren't there anymore. So are you as comfortable? Do you – you know, so – and the other thing I did, and I made a huge mistake, is I felt like the culture would go from 8-4 and four to 11-0 and 0 the same way. You know, you spend so long convincing those 0-11 kids that they're good enough that by the time you are good enough and you overachieve with a, with a team that's not as talented, then you add a lot of time. I mean, we had another great recruiting class, and we were three times as talented a year ago. The kids thought they were good, you know, and, and they, they, they acted like that at times, you know, and, and, and as a coaching staff, was, we, I didn't do a good job of saying, listen, guys, the culture is an everyday deal. You know, from a staff perspective, we got to be as tight as we've been. You know, what's what's helped us get to this point? We got to continue to do and even do it better. And I took too many chances, to be honest with you. You know, I, I took all of the stuff that I said. You know, we're going to build our program on great kids. We're going to do. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to have great relationships with them. You know, all of a sudden you go to eight and four and you miss the playoffs by a game, and you say, I got to go take a couple guys that I think can take us over the top. And I watched it fall apart right in front of my face. Well, it, 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 the neat thing about it, Will, is is this: you you learn, it, you know, you win or learn. And and if you learn from your mistakes, I mean, I, I remember doing the same thing. I remember being the biggest relationship guy in the world, and and going from that relationship guy to trying to win games. You win games through relationships. You win games by doing things right. You win you win games through the process of doing enough things right that you have enough points at the end of the game. Uh, that, that you, you got more points than your opponent. If you if you start putting the wins first, and that was going to be hard for you, you start putting the wins first because you're the hot team and you're the hot guy. And, um, but to, to learn things at your age, uh, I, I learned things a little later. But to learn things is so much fun because you won't make that mistake again. You're going to be hugely successful at Charlotte. Uh, what's it look like at Charlotte? And then I'm going to let you go because yeah, I know you're busy. Uh, I, I think it's a total different situation. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who went from one win to five wins and did a really good job with the program. Uh, I think we've got really good people on this football team. Uh, I think the guys that are – the players that we have right now are extremely hungry. Um, I don't – I think we've got, like every coach in – the country saying right now we're not talented enough uh but i, I think that 
this will be a group that they've been incredible. I, listen, I'm knocking on wood, and at some point in time, I'm going to walk back in. They're going to tell me half the roster's gone. But since we took the job, we've not had a kid leave. Yeah. Um, once again, and, I'm just going to tell you, once again, positivity and enthusiasm is contagious. People want to be around it. You know, I, you know, Zach Farrell, who you know Zach, Zach played for me yeah. at Chattanooga. Zach yeah. Farrell talked about complaining and whining. And he said, Coach, he said, complaining and whining is like vomiting. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, when somebody vomits, they feel better, but everybody else around them feels worse. And and I went, it's... That is spot and, on. And so when you complain and you whine, you feel better, but everybody else around you feels worse. Nobody, wants, listen, to, nobody wants to be around that guy. And, no, and, and I talk to our guys about that all the time. There's two things to me. I can't stand negativity, and I cannot stand like. So I, I talked to him about: Would you pick a friend that was negative? No. Then why would you be that friend? You're not going to have any. Period. So if you don't like being around negative people, then why would you be one yourself? Because nobody wants to be around anybody that's negative, especially when you know you're going to struggle. Like. I want to be around the most positive, energetic, enthusiastic, passionate people I can be. Well, you're and, always – everybody's going to struggle. So, I mean, when you know you're going to struggle, you're going to struggle. Alabama struggles, all right? Somewhere along the way, they're going to have some part that doesn't go right. Clemson's going to struggle. I mean, Clemson, everything looks incredible because even when they struggle, it's, hey, man, what – you know, it's kind of like Navy SEALs are, are talking about whatever happens to you, the first word you're go, you're supposed to say is good. I'm glad it happened. Now let's figure out. Uh, we we're zero eleven. All right, great. Now let's figure out how to win a game next year, or let's figure out what we can learn from being zero eleven. Everything you know, you just kind of change the mentality, and you're doing a great job at changing mentality uh, mentality there at Charlotte, like you did at Austin P. Nobody's left. In, in coaching changes, everybody leaves, <laughs> and no one left. You know why no one I mean, they want to be a part of you. Think it's, I do think it's – the guy did a really good job. Brad Lambert did a great job. I don't think this place is relevant enough in this community. I don't think that people know enough of the brand. I think part of it is because it is a newer brand. But yeah, we've got to move new. past the, like, hey, we just started because that we're getting drilled in recruiting for that. But, you know, I mean, it's just – it needs to be relevant. It's way too it's, – it's an unbelievable place. I'm telling you. First time I drove on this campus, I was like, they may hire me here? Like, really? These people, they're they're this ignorant that they may actually hire me? Uh, and, and then I go into the office every day, and I'm like, I just hope Mike Hill's not standing around the corner like, we're just kidding. Uh, this place is incredible. I think the chancellor is really, really good. I, I learned quickly that if the alignment is not from the top, then you're in a dangerous position. I think the AD is really good. He's new. The chancellor's been here for a while, understands the landscape, and they're on the same page. Uh, I got to hire right. You got low expectations, and you got a really good city. So moving Emily from Clarksville to Charlotte was not a very difficult sell. <laughs> All right. Now, listen. Listen, I, we, we we're rooting for you. We'll do it again. Uh, young coaches out there, I'm just going to tell you, enthusiasm is contagious. Being positive is contagious. Getting positive. We talked one time. We I talked with my old assistant, Charlton Young, and he said, these are the three things I want in a recruit. I want championship character. I want a gym rat, and I want high energy. 
you know, you probably need to add one more thing, positivity. If a guy's positive and, and wants to be a great teammate, then, then you got a chance to have a good player. you got a chance to have a good program. Um, Will Healy, thanks for joining us on 720 and 720. You're special at what you do. You you rub off on all of us, and we appreciate that. Appreciate you. Miss you. Come see me. All right. Appreciate you, man. Good luck. Good luck. Have a great spring. All right. See you. Take care, bud. Bye.